Gina Versa on another episode of the Waffle Press podcast. Uh, forewarning, uh, before we start this one, uh, it's kind of a spur of the moment sort of thing. It wasn't planned originally. Uh, Diego couldn't make it, so it's just me. So I'm just kind of just off the cuff and uh, needed a guest. And I have uh, my good friend and roommate, Daniel Ref here with me. How are you doing, Daniel, from the floor below me? Well, good, sir. Mm-hmm. We have learned, we have lived long enough for you to know my last name is pronounced Rife. Right. Oh, uh, damn it. Sorry. But I'm so happy to join you. This, uh, we've talked about it for a while. I really like mm-hmm. watching your guys' podcasts. It's fun oh, to watch. You. you guys are smart guys, creative guys. Um, and it's my first podcast after being like a podcast listener for like 10 years. It's the first time I've uh, had my voice recorded and, and pretended like I had something to say about anything. So, yeah. Long uh, time. Thanks for having me. Long- Long-time listener, first-time caller. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Daniel, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, well, not too important, but um, I'm just kidding. But uh, no, no yeah, I've, I've, people. I know, I know, I'm just kidding. Uh, I've lived in Los Angeles for a few years. I am uh, primarily a grassroots organizer and activist, but also I did. I uh, am a graduate vancouver film school and i've been um on and off ad especially for music videos and or assistant director for those film now especially for music videos and short films and web series it's i love doing them love being on set and uh also love uh just pushing this world forward into a better place and yeah that's a little little bit more a little bit about me yeah yeah you've been a uh, ad on some of the films since i worked on so it's always good to have you. I love uh, talking movies with you. We're always just like, yeah. we have some good takes, uh, just shooting the shit, smoking the, uh, the herb. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, totally. And, uh, but before I, before I sound like too much of just a fan, I also, I have, a, I've had a few hobby blogs, especially, uh, I have one about sports movies and a few other things too. So I, uh, happy to take some of those thoughts into the podcast for you as well, but yeah okay so uh yeah it's good to have you finally aboard and yeah we could uh, talk the north man which we uh both saw friday night and, uh, yeah we loved it yeah yeah we did i saw it again last night too. i saw it two nights in a row yeah um yeah no it's it, it's an incredible experience um do you want to talk about what it's about before we get into any thoughts on it or Oh, we can we could just say a little bit, just, you know. You could just do this off the cuff, or it's a uh, yeah. It's just a it's a Viking movie. <laughs> well, besides a Viking movie, it's by Robert Eggers, and uh, it's just this mythical quest of vengeance that this uh, Viking is trying to avenge his father, and just kind of just his like odyssey into uh, just vengeance, and it just consumes him. Uh, yeah. We uh, see some great faces. Alexander Skarsgård, amazing. Anya Taylor-Joy, great. Nicole Kidman, Bjork for some reason. She's good. Bjork is, has like one of the best scenes in that whole movie. <laughs> you know, you know yeah. it is, your, your, plot, your plot description really is the movie, but like it's a two hour and 15 minute epic of, mm. of so much i mean it's so simple yet it's also so fantastical in in a way like we're going to talk a little bit about how 
you know, tone is tone is such an abstract thing to criticize or to to try to talk about. But yeah, um, there is there is a compelling tone struck by I think Eggers in this in this movie and, and his cast and his crew of taking you somewhere that is almost for, they take you into the past, mm-hmm. this rugged, muddy, super violent culture, history, time. And combine it with, of course, these timeless, almost untethered to reality sort of mythicism uh, of, of, you know, the the Valhalla, the Valhalla of it, the you know, the 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 spirituality, especially the indigenous spirituality that that is all over this movie. Um, yet somehow doesn't intrude on the actual real story at play, which is this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, dad gets traded, you know, he gets betrayed by his by his brother, um, curses his brother before he gets before that before he's beheaded. His son is able to escape this, you know, unfortunately event where uh, the betrayal happens years later. Um, comes back and, and does get his vengeance, but in the in the middle in the middle of all of this is just so much just so much of what really is in the witch and the lighthouse. Mm-hmm. Robert Eggers' first two movies in a way that is more in your face, I think, in those movies, mm-hmm. um, especially the lighthouse. But uh, here, it's so compelling to see all those elements sort of be almost wall decoration to this very, very uh, visceral um, action film. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, because it really is. It's just like it, it uh, really just takes you in from that first scene, the first frame, the uh, narration and captions at the beginning. Um, it reminded me of also like a video game almost where – it's like one giant cutscene, which is like such a roundabout thing of uh, of uh, adding to this, uh, because like cutscenes are essentially like movies, you know. And now yeah, this is yeah. like, kind of like the thing has come full circle because you'll see like things where it's like all right, like action, action, dialogue, dialogue, and then like where a cutscene would be. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah. mean, it, yeah, I there's a real video. No, go ahead, please. No, it just—it really reminded me of that. I was just kind of—I uh, was just really uh, intrigued. I don't know if that was intentional, or just uh, my uh, my brain sort of like and it like clung to. But maybe it was. Who could? Who knows? I mean, you could look at something like El Topo, like Chodorowsky, and that's kind of video gamey, even though video games never existed. But maybe it's just kind of the mytholo- like mythologizing of. Uh, stories and everything they're all kind of similar but uh some i don't know if you like joseph campbell i'm not sure if that guy's aged well do you have any time no uh i i, I did say I, I agree with you in a video game uh-huh. on, on how it's because it is shot very much which also again like all these landscapes in this movie yet i would imagine if i went back and saw maybe a third time i think i think majority of it is really like close-ups and medium shots yeah and and turning the camera onto action when it just happens. Mm-hmm. So not, he doesn't really give you a lot of lead up of action. You don't see horses coming from a distance too much. Like, like one day uh, someone's holding, someone's just walking through a field, walking through a field and all of a sudden arrows just start 
you know, mm-hmm. going through people's necks out of nowhere. And, and, and the camera plays this really interesting way of, of really not able to catch up with the action, which I think is very much a video, very much cool to a cool part about video games is that it puts you into that place where you don't really, you don't, you actually technically don't know what's happening and where it's mm-hmm. happening until you get your bearings, you start figuring things out. I just like the way the movie really plays with, yeah. with, with uh, uncertainty. Um, it, you know, so much of the movie is about these, the bravery, it's about bravery too, on some level. Um, it's got toxic masculinity. It's got mm-hmm. very, uh, culturally relevant themes in this movie that are, are there and you can find them if you want to find them. Um, but yeah. it's also just kind of like, uh, about bravery and like bravery takes so much uncertainty itself. And I just really like how it, he, you capture like how brave it takes to like, just spend your life in battle, <laughs> constantly yeah. just going from battle to battle. Yeah, you're gonna die at some point. I guess why that's that's why they're happy to die in Valhalla, right? They get some yeah. respite. I was gonna add the, um, the thing that you were talking about. We could touch on that. The toxic masculinity. Where I think there was an interview where Robert Akers was he was very hesitant about Vikings because he felt like a lot of it was appropriated by like white nationalists or supremacists or that sort of thing, which are like you know terrible people. But uh, it's interesting to see, uh, I guess, him kind of reclaiming that, you know, like these things that are uh, co-opted because it's like you look at uh, symbols like, I don't know, the Punisher skull. And it's just so hard to like, like make a good Punisher story. And there's like, you know, writers have like, like shown Punisher. He sees some police wearing the symbol on his car and he'll like rip it up and be like, you know, it's like, like, why would you guys like, like me? As a thing, I'm like, I'm, I'm a representation of why your system doesn't work. <laughs> I'm the Punisher, you know, that's what the symbol means. And it's like, you guys don't get it. And like, kind of, uh, you know, the Vikings, I guess, like, their their culture was just kind of more honorable. And like, uh, you get that sense of it. Uh, I won't say they were great, but they're certainly not, uh, they weren't that, that it got co-opted to. What, what do, you, do you have any thoughts on that? Well, so I think another good word, I could just say masculinity. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I think especially in the present, we're talking about masculinity in movies right now. We're talking about toxic masculinity. It's, it's not really, but it's, it's hard to kind of really separate. Um, mm-hmm. uh, if there's a movie made 15, 20 years ago, it could just be a purely romantic film about Vikings with a bit of a, with some darker elements. But um, it is a 2022 film. But what I think, so toxic masculinity or masculinity itself and, and the way it, uh, the way it manifests is something I think uh, Robert Eggers has been actually pretty clever about in his films thus far. Um, he doesn't hit you over the head with it, but the male, the father and the witch, um, and of course, and then Robert Pattinson, especially yeah. in the White House, yeah. are these two very repressed, angry, tormented men who in some level are tormented by their own ego mm-hmm. and their own sort of... I can control my own elements. I'm the one. I can do this. I can do that. And and, and that story is really not that different on uh, on a very compelling level here in the Northmen with Alexander Skarsgård's character. Um, because, and and how kind of Alexander, Alexander Skarsgård's character, and not just his character, but the culture that, that really Robert Eggers chooses to... to um, analyze or to kind of tell a story within you know like 
there's, there's few, there's few mythologies of ancient histories that are as masculine, at least in the literature about Vikings, whether mm -hmm. Vikings themselves, the extent to which they pillaged or the extent to which they conquered, extent to which they were vicious. Um, I think in this movie, you get actually kind of a little, you get a more of a, uh, a quote unquote realistic, a more of a, you know, a tempered look of their history. You have, you know, it's different sides of the Vic of the North, of the Norse um, colonies. You have different, you know, one, one's a little bit more, you know, you have these mm. merry, these band of guys who just pillage. You also have these sort of off to the side village uh, colonies too. You know, it's, it's a mix of, it's a mix of a, of a culture, but you know, in at least in our literature, is few, few cultures as masculine as the Vikings, right? Yeah. And I think it's a, such a really interesting way. I like that Robert Eric is, of course, you know, in he, he in that interview, right, with, with Mary too. Like he, I, I think I thinking a little bit more about, especially when I went, I saw, listened to the interview after the first time I saw it, then went into the second one with a little bit more of. A, I'm gonna kind of look for maybe more of these masculine elements that they were that they're alluding to. I mean, it's very much there. Um, but also, I, the first time you, you get so much of it too. Just, mm -hmm. but we're not going to spoil anything. But but yeah. it does come to. It, it, no, I the, mean we the can. The film raises, yeah. The film raises questions. The film raises questions yeah. at the end about how much this journey was really even worth it, and how much mm -hmm. this journey was more. How is this journey about vengeance, or is it journey about legacy? Yeah, is this journey about about not letting go in a way that's very very much something of a it's still in our lives today but it's one thing about our previous one thing about our past and our presence you know one thing about what toxic masculinity does it makes us very repressive it makes us mm -hmm. repress our emotions it makes us you know create fantasies in our head that, that will allow us therapy that will allow us yeah, sort of this, yeah like, one uh, one Almost like glorification of yourself, or kind of. Uh, I think we use this uh, term a lot. You and me were just uh, like you main character yourself, right? <laughs> yeah, <main laughs> character yourself. Yeah. yeah. Which you know, which comes from this like dominance, this individualistic, mm. you know, um, patriarchal capitalism. You know, of like I got to get what I need to get for myself, mm -hmm. my family. Got to yeah. avenge my father gotta you know the, the three there's a compelling there's a compelling thing there's a compelling uh monologue or a compelling inner monologue that Skarsgård's character has or prince hamlet i should say just for the sake of the movie prince hamlet has um which is uh i will avenge you father i will i will save you mother i will kill you fiona and um you know and that middle part <laughs> the save you mother is the really where the film where he realizes um that that that, that middle part that middle line uh uh is quite when he when he finally sees his mother nicole kidman after years um he learns something he gets a new perspective on, yeah, on his mean, journey in a way that's yeah, it, yeah we could do uh full spoilers at this point i guess uh yeah. if anyone sure. that hasn't seen the movie could uh maybe pause it, go to the movies and, uh, you know, continue on. But I guess spoilers from here on out. I love the, the fact when he finally sees his mother and she like rejects him, you know, she's like yeah. moved on and it's like, it's kind of heartbreaking. I mean, that really messes him up. Um, I guess too, in terms of, it's a very interesting film also on parent or parenthood, uh, kind of what, uh, sort of, uh, you know, parents do to their kids as well. 
because from then point that point on, there's like a shifting where it's like almost this like glorious sort of, uh, you know, he's this hero, um, you know, very much, uh, you know, standard sort of Joseph Campbell. And then it becomes this like more nuanced, darker, uh, becomes this nuanced, dark, darker version of himself, almost this darker quest. And like, you know, when he kills Nicole Kidman, it's like, you know, that's, that's really dark. And he kills the kid too. And it's like, you're not, it's not supposed to feel good about it. Right. Yeah. It's just, you feel just icky or you just, ugh. you just feel, I mean, you know, uncomfortable. And I think it's not like a, like a bad uncomfortable and sort of like, um, I don't know, something like, uh, unpleasant or like, um, um, something, uh, what's the word where you have something, uh, just shocking for the sake of shocking. It's just, it's really challenging the audience on this character that you're having this perspective on, like, are you rooting for him? Are you still like, you know, rooting for him on his journey? It's like, you know, what do you do when your uh, main character sort of crosses these uh, ethical lines? So that was pretty, it gets really interesting that, that last 10, 10, 15 minutes, I was really in my, in the edge of my seat. The movie really doesn't work without it. it mm-hmm. Like the turn, the turn really make the turn. The turn makes it turns it from and from it, it turns it into like a really prestige drama almost. Mm-hmm. Like it goes from like in this like very visceral action movie. Not that action movies can't have very compelling dramatic elements to them, um, but it, it's quite the turn, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And 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 gives so much texture to like everything that comes before it you know like when you learn that i mean every turn like every turn where you thought he was say becoming much more clear about Mm -hmm. his journey was actually a turn where he was he was giving into more delusion and that's just like such a that's just so cool when a film flips like that's you know it's a property of a great film where like you thought you're watching something for entire time and almost you almost you almost realize you're watching a whole other movie until it yeah. tells you this is the movie that that you're actually watching. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, and, it is. Uh, yeah. yeah, I love when movies are uh, movies challenge you. Movies be a good; they're good movies, right? When movies are good movies, <laughs> I think we said yeah. that the other day. We we're just kind of like, like mm-hmm. I know I said something like, God, I like when movies are just good movies. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. because because we just watch so much. We just watch so much uncritical movies. Not that movies are bad. Not that. Mo- yeah. Not that. Not that. Not that conventional movies are bad. No. And not that. Not even call this movie innovative. Like I don't mm-hmm. think that's the point of this movie. Um, I think the point of this movie to be, first of all, fucking bloody muddy visceral Viking movie. Mm-hmm. We're like, we we can talk about the images too. Yeah, and, sure. And Is there like, discourse on that? I don't know. He's <laughs> just no, I, I just Okay. That's good. <laughs> No, I, I, just, man, all, all the abs and the muscles mm-hmm. and the and the hair. It's very, it's a very sexy the... movie. That's that's appreciative because I feel like you know if you watch something like Star Wars or I guess Marvel as of late. Well, yeah, Marvel especially now. There's just so uh, what's it, asexual as well. I know. Yeah, like Eternals had a sex scene and people are like what. I will. I that made that movie so much more interesting. <laughs> so I, like, <laughs> I, like I don't hate. I like, hate yeah. is not. I, I like Charles fine. When they had that sex, scene, sure. I was like, okay, 
Okay. Yeah, that's cool. that's <laughs> I see what mature you movie, mature Marvel movie. I like it. I, I, respect. But, yeah, but it's like you know, you kind of don't get there. It's like I, maybe it's like Disney sort of mandate. Or, well, I guess it wouldn't be a Disney mandate if if they got away with that in Eternals. But it's just this, uh, you know, these kind of uh, you know high budget uh, blockbusters. It's so asexual, and it's like that's weird because that's like if you look at stuff like Star Wars uh raiders of the lost ark uh you know just off the top of my head they're they're always like some sort of love story there's some sort of like tension um even if it's like kind of bad like luke and leia and with han it's a weird love triangle but lucas retconned it or even something like raiders of the lost ark you know him and marion incredibly you know a lot of tension a lot of you know interesting things there but at least you know it's, it's something i just kind of feel weird uh, a lot of movies now have this asexualness which is weird because it's like uh it's just it's not even like you know groundbreaking yeah have a sex scene it's just like basic that's what happens in like our basic like life you know people are yeah. attracted to each other that's you know i mean like seeing it on screen right yeah. you we like seeing violence on screen we like seeing people eat food i mean literally we're human <laughs> beings it's amazing yeah. oh my god yeah. i like seeing ourselves on screen yeah. um you know it's funny it is funny you brought it up because that's actually a really great time to brought it up because ironically when i was walking out of the theater i went to in and out last night and i needed okay I'll, I'll, i was just i was off work so i was about oh, myself yeah. so i need i love in and out i know I, well yeah. i mean yeah but the yeah, point being good. that yeah, i need some po- i need a podcast listening while i you know, away from my uber and, and everything and uh i uh i turned on um i don't know if you ever listened to you must remember this i think i told you yeah about the podcast yeah i've listened Korean to Korean a few yeah from from film historian Karina Longworth and um she her new season just dropped um mm. not to plug other people's things sure. on here no you can Waffle, y'all should like and subscribe to Waffle Press podcast hosted by Diego and Gene yeah. um I don't have uh, uh, I'm not threatening you with that to say that <laughs> you the link underneath I don't know I don't know how that works but uh <laughs> but uh so it's her new her new season is about the last two decades of the the 20th century and um a critical and I think also um, embracing embracing and critical kind of look. I'm only very very right right at the beginning of the podcast, so I'll, I'll see how the season develops. But it's looking at um, sex in movies in the '80s and '90s, mm-hmm. and how that's the first time you really started having really started having less re- re- started having less morality on less morality and less um, fear of having sex in movies, and in fact it became the selling point of a lot of movies uh, called, you know that we basic instinct on. yeah yeah basic instinct uh i mean cruel I, intentions yeah, cruel intentions i mean i'm just yeah, off, yeah. i'm not gonna off the top of my head movies but you, you, you can name them all uh, the erotic fillers everything everything that uh everything that started uh sharon stone <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. and, like, and michael douglas Fair, every but, verhoeven um, movie yeah every verhoeven movie yeah. so fucking <laughs> um, weirdo <laughs> And and it's interesting that and but the point of the podcast being is that we also then stopped in the aughts and in the twenty tens and we've really come we've really gone back into this pre nineteen seventy five like case code yeah yeah we've gone back to the production code that um, essentially was supposed to end in the seventies and it did for a while and we're kind of going back to it and I and I believe I'm with you I think there is so much asexuality on screen to, these days there's not a lot of adult movies out there mm-hmm. these days yeah, it's, it, yeah. I mean I, I I try not to sound I don't want to sound like a basic sure. or you know yeah. because it's, it's there's 
you there's great movies always great movies out there like sure. if, if you choose to go find them they're out there but it really is tough to like i mean um it really is tough to find something that feels like i'm not that feels like it's not made for a 16 year old it yeah. really does at this level yeah. too and even 16 year olds on my little sex on i imagine sure. on my little yeah. sex on screen like so it's like yeah i don't know yeah yeah i just think uh you know, just any sort of like romantic stuff, like romance. I don't know. It's not like, not that it's forest or whatever, but it's like, you know, I just think of like Star Wars, the, the new trilogy where it's like, it's so like asexual. And then like when it tries to, it like, I guess backtracks to the directors, like, sure. Like I, I wouldn't be a fan of like Ray and Kylo Ren, but like there's a weird sexual tension between that, them and the last Jedi. And then it becomes just like, and then they're like cousins or something. And I don't know what the fuck happened in Rise of Skywalker, but it's, it's just, you know, they backtrack on it and kind of go with it. And it's just like, yeah. And the big blockbusters, when they try to do that, it's just, it's just weird. It's just like if AIs or robots wrote romance, you know? Yeah. No. Um, or it's romance. <laughs> it's always like, it's romance out of, a novel almost or like, or like a romance out of a, it's it's as if every movie is a ya romantic novel now in the sense yeah. where it's like that's a that's a very appropriate place not to talk about that side of love but yeah. on the movies in the movies like you know love love is love is very physical for adults mm -hmm. love is right. very it, it is so physical um, it's not just it's not just emotional i mean holding hands um cuddling you know mm -hmm. these just these acts too you know when we talk about the asexuality of films what's really sad is not just that we're not seeing people have sex like mm -hmm. yeah that's which, not yeah that's not what we're saying it's just the no, expression also, of like you know human emotion of, yeah expression of physical love and the intimacy of it you know um we all have partners and, and the intimacy of of touch is so important and sexy you know even when you're not having sex there's something very visceral about about physical touch with someone you trust and have consent with yeah. and uh it's it's really just annoying to see how how much we've stepped off the gun on, on that um yeah. luckily we do have people I, luckily we do have people like paul verhoeven i love paul verhoeven <laughs> so much and yeah, I'm, so glad I do. That, I'm, I'm just so glad that in this conversation he's also gotten i think sort of an online maybe not resurgence but i'm just glad he's still culturally uh, people still like him yeah you know <laughs> he's, he deserves, yeah he's, he's a nice weirdo you know he's not like fucking yeah. uh what's paul schrader where it's like Ugh. it's like bro you need to log off yeah not say yeah. anything <laughs> <laughs> i know paul schrader gets goes goes places yeah uh, it's it's you paul, know. paul schrader got paul schrader's gotta leave it to the movies sometimes you know there's filmmakers need to leave it on screen you know the best yeah. filmmakers like I have a lot so, so much respect for like David Lynch and Paul Verhoeven because mm -hmm. like you know they might they might talk a few they might talk a little game talk a little shit about the industry sometimes or about film goers but mostly they keep it tight to the chest and leave it leave it on yeah, screen. Yeah, you know? exactly. But that's that's oh, that said yeah. that said so that said someone tagged me with a vulture article that Paul Verhoeven once said I like oh fuck I'm like, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I appreciate at least people I don't know if like appreciates a, a strong word or maybe the right word to say but I just. Now it is. It's like I, I, you appreciate when people like keep it to themselves. Like, I was telling a friend, like, yeah, I love Steve Dicko. He's the co-creator of Spider Man. Uh, you know, he had a 
great artist. He had some weird beliefs, uh, apparently, that gets shown in his work on Atlas Shrugged and some Anne Randyism. And I'm like, but he never talked about it publicly. And I'm like, all right, I'll never ask. You'll never say. I'm okay with that. Like, I'll never hear about it. Yeah, you and I have talked about, you and I have talked about, like, first of all, it's not right. You know, it's, you know, I mean, I don't like Anne Rand. Yeah. <laughs> she, she sucks. She, she sucks, sucks like really, fucker. Yeah. Really suck. I know. Really bad. Um, very much an architect of neo of our neoconservative uh world. Um down to a T actually, very much. Uh, anyways. <laughs> and but uh yeah. it's kinda of crazy how much of a she's an influencer on our on our current times. But um yeah, you know, weird. but 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 we talk about the we talk about having a healthy relationship with with creators. Mm-hmm. Um and we don't have and we were losing that relationship especially online yeah it was also yeah yeah. i want to to bring up it was also weird i think like paul excuse me like robert eggers people like yeah he looks like this or like what is it i don't know if you saw that on make flight not on twitter they tried to like people tried to i don't not not cancel or something but maybe just insinuate some like things about him that are like untrue like about he looks like a this you know type of like person like an old riot it's like he's not like he's literally like talking about like not you know toxic masculinity like you know like he's just a guy he's just a guy yeah i i just i listened to it was fine i listened to the wf wtf mark Marion interview oh the one with him and it's just an interview between a guy and a guy (laughs) yeah i mean he's such a guy the thing it's a funny thing about director but i like especially about that that i mean I don't think a lot of people know it, but directors aren't as interesting as their movies. Like yeah. uh, very much, uh-huh. actors aren't often as interesting as the roles they play. Yeah, yeah they're not are, that. Uh, they're not that smart yeah. either. They're, they're. I mean, <laughs> they're really not. They're really very often also quite sheltered and quite um, uh, uh, quite elusive mm-hmm. um, to, to the rest. Well. To the real culture happening and the real world events happening and, and um, quite uncritical at very often. And so it's just, it, yeah, just the, the way, so it's, it's always kind of weird and gross to me just to over, over sort of pol- just audience policing of these individual human beings who are not as interesting as yeah. you're allowing them to be. Yeah. You're, you're not, you're not, it's, it, you're not taking these people, you, you, the, the problem is we build too many people up that we always have to tear them down. And my big thing is like, stop building them up in the first place. Like, what yeah. are you guys doing? Like, who, like, who stop, cares? Yeah. You know, film fans, film lovers, entertainment lovers, story lovers, um, please, dear guy. Yeah. Like, you don't know that you do not know these people. Exactly. Love their, I, love their movies, love their novels. Uh-huh. And, and, That's it. and have, have a healthy understanding of their history. No, you know, I, I want to know a little bit more about the people that sure. I care about, but, I when I go and learn more of these about these people, I'm choosing to learn different side, not not discovering that they were the worst people all along. There are this you know horrible discoveries you make, and they, they mm-hmm. do affect how you. Like that's that's of course there. That's not. I'm not. We're not gonna put that on the rug. Like of course, if you, of course, I can't watch a Bill Cosby special yeah. <laughs> without like yeah. you know. Of course, I can't. Of course, I can't see the Miramax logo anymore without get feeling cringe. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like these, these things are for for real, for real. Um, but uh, <laughs> we we really do need to just, just kind of sit back Stop. and just enjoy enjoy yeah. the content and or not enjoy it and move on. And yeah, don't let go these on. people be don't don't let people who also aren't 
running cities or mm-hmm. states. Like you should care. Yeah, you care about. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. you know, care about real things. Like I didn't like. Don't look up, but I'm not gonna like post on Twitter like. You know, the way Adam McKay is, like, using editing. Like, how pretty... I don't care. Like, okay, yeah, like, maybe. Like, probably right, but it's, like, fucking cares. I, 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 I pretend... The, the term pretentious... Yeah. Uh, can we cancel pretentious? Like, yeah, whatever... Everyone's everyone's idea of what pretentiousness is is too out of whack. It's too... There is no common understanding of it anymore. It's just, like, you know, it, it's, it's as meaningless as the word woke. Um, it's as meaningless as quite a few different words. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a lefty activist, I find it quite as meaningless as the word progressive. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> like, what part? Like, um, cool. Progressive. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, uh, like, are you, uh, just, like, you Democrat, Dem Socialist? <laughs> are you, I don't know what that means, but, uh, yeah. but like, it, it, it's, you know, we, we joke, like, the yeah. thing that, don't look up with bad movie because it wasn't funny. Yeah, it was good. And when a movie isn't funny and it's trying to be a satire, of course you're going to see all of, of course, of course, all the all the elements of it are going to come to the surface, and you're going to be able to, you know, see how quote unquote pretentious. Yeah, you know what the ideas are because you weren't joking the whole time with the ideas. (laughs) So of course the ideas seem like they're just pretentious ideas. Yeah, but you know. Yeah. Um, What I was also going to say, like, I feel like the themes of this. Yeah, it's a good movie. The theme is in this movie, because it's like I loved uh, what's her name. I love I, I know her name, uh, Anya Taylor Joy. Like she's like so phenomenal in this movie. And then, to, to going back to the themes, I love the scene where she's telling him like, "Yeah, just leave with me. Like we could be happy." He's like, "Nope." Fucking, like he like, throws himself off the boat. And it's like, man, men would rather go on tales of vengeance instead of getting therapy. <laughs> That's really the movie right there, but it's like it's so telling. And then too, like yeah. I love the little bit at the end where they're going to Valhalla, and you see her and like visions of his family. And it's like, you know, I, I love this character because he's so tragically faulty. He really could have just been happy just with her and like the family and whatever, but yeah. he chooses not to. Like he chooses his death, and even the way his uh, death or killing of uh, of the the dark father, you know, the weird just Campbell stuff, he kills him. And it's not really a glorious moment because immediately after you see him get stabbed and it was like, was it worth it? Yeah. Um, I don't think it, I think, so I think the point of film is not to say it was worth it or not. And mm-hmm. I think, I think for me, it's not, that's not even a question. Yeah. Like I, don't, I don't know if it was worth, I think it was worth the effort because he mm-hmm. chose, he chose that this would be worth it. Yeah. Right. So on some level, I think he does die happy. But the tragedy, he does die at the gates of hell, which is, I mean, people, please, IMAX, whatever biggest theater you can see that scene on. It's kind oh, of, it's one that's... it's one of the most it's one of the most brilliant. It's one of the most mm-hmm. like um, I I don't say one, but I, I'll give some time to start saying things like best or one of the most. But it's just that's such a banger, yeah. That's a such a banger scene. it's such a banger such a great scene it's such an amazing scene visually it's such a the, choreogra- the choreography the lighting all of it is, is really incredible the abs again um <laughs> and the blood and the veins and oh my god uh the fire and smoke but um like it, it the tragedy is that the tragedy is when he leaves her when he jumps off that boat like um ultimately you know i mean there might be people who see this movie and are happy for him 
which is mm-hmm. that's what's interesting about the movie you know a good movie mm-hmm. also a good movie can like just be a hoorah for someone if they're not you know exactly attuned to maybe or if their perspective is that this is good yeah. <laughs> unfortunately maybe right yeah. you know and and at, oh, yeah and sorry, and sorry my, my uh my phone was got charged here in a bit but um uh the i was losing my th- thought uh the did you know if but so one perspective could be it was a good thing but the, there's a track there's the for to me right at least it, it, it's really this guy could have had happiness for his entire mm-hmm. life and and he could have had val hall in a sense in his own life and he still chose this he still chose this like euphoria this vi- this, he chose this euphoric vision that mm-hmm. was supposed he, he chose legacy he chose he chose legacy over his mother and kids. Yeah. And um, I think a part of me would like not to see the kid, her and the kids. Yeah. Because I felt like it was almost, I guess it's, it works for to show you that, to show you what he's seeing in the moment. I guess Val Hall is telling him like your mother and your kids are going to, I remember seeing, I think, I think that moment is kind of sad. You see the kids, you know, like you should be there, bro. Like, what yeah. are you getting on this horse for and going to this light in the in the sky, dude? No, no, I want to grab the horse. Like, no, come, come, kick it with Anya Taylor Joy. She she's attractive. <laughs> she's nice. Yeah. She like knows she knows how to do witch stuff again. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, we should I tell. Get, yeah. yeah, I was just like, yeah, you know, it just goes to uh, just toxic masculinity. I guess it goes back to that. Um, yeah. you know, you're, you're seeing it a lot in, uh, you know, in film and, uh, I guess current events, Will Smith smacking Chris Rock, prime example right there. You know, he could yeah. be uh, a little too topical, but basics, 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 ah, the most prominent example. No, Gene, you're very cultured. So of course <laughs> you're going to be topical. Tie it, tie it um, into that, yeah. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I think we're getting to there too. I, I would say that obviously violence is a big part of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an entertaining element, but um, it it does play a really cool role of just and you know, there's this. Well, we, we, I talked at the beginning of this about tone, and there's this. While this is also incredibly bleak at times it's more serene yeah you know like it's actually more like it's a beautiful icelandic landscape with just like human beings doing horrible things in this landscape but like the camera again we talk about the camera at times being this uncertain thing but also at times just capturing the beauty of the of the land and the fashion right mm-hmm. and and the hair right we talk, you know and um uh yeah. it, it's quite a beautiful movie and 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 the score is not exactly just the score at times is uh power is you know big drums powerful screens and um it's just really quite uh this this um has this indigenous sound indigenous excuse me sound landscape that is mm-hmm. really compelling as a score but also at times it's just like streams and poet poetic and and real kind of just again beauty comes from you know the lighting and the sun is out and it's it's it it could it's and so the violence what's really cool about the violence here is that interrupts all that so quickly at times it just really again like we're telling you like 
there's a guy just walking through the village and some dude gets an arrow shot through his head out of nowhere and then a war happens you know and and that's and 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 that's really cool and that's and that's really cool about this film that it doesn't prepare you on some on sometimes for mm-hmm. it, it it could it could just been this sort of completely dark thing but it, it it's 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 reminding you constantly that there's a, a life to be lived here mm-hmm. that excuse me there that there's a no, life sorry. to be lived here that there's a life to be lived here that there's a world here that Val Hall could be here man mm-hmm. um you know Val Hall and you know there's a class element to all this Val Hall is existed for those who are able to achieve it in in human you know human human life you're able to conquer yourself to a sort of you know, uh, this sort of like ruling class yeah. liberation, you know, um, this feudal feudalism, ruling class liberation. Um, or you also meet someone that you love and you guys can get her pregnant. And, mm-hmm. and then no, you're going to jump off the boat into the water and go fight again. And it's just like, it's it. And I just, yeah. And so that it's, I think violence as much as entertaining here is also just, you know, Robbie Berger just does a good job making sure to also that, Hey, this is an interrupting element. It's a disruptive element. This is not a good, this is not a good thing. Very entertaining. Not a good thing. No. Um, yeah. Yeah. I agree. Not to, not to mention before you continue that the pillaging is really quite compelling. I mm-hmm. mean, we're talking spoilers. I mean, they burn a house full of kids. <laughs> like, and they, they see, they show that like, they hold on that shot when they burn this house full of kids that after they after Skarsgård's um, band of uh, pillagers takes over this one village, um, and like violence is is quite a quite a part quite an element in this film. Yeah, I think so. Man, I guess just kind of wrapping up here. Yeah, yeah, it's just 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 a good experience. It was a good like watching in the theater reacting with people yeah better than that i mean i don't know what else to say got it. i mean you got double dose nicole kidman right at the amc oh ad. yeah <laughs> that's right yeah you know it's funny too i wish you uh, did have more time nicole kidman does have does play a good mom i really yeah. love these mom roles nicole kidman played recent years in mm-hmm. it could be aquaman. also aquaman uh big little lies i was thinking quite quite a big little lies which okay. it's hard not think big little lies because both scars are came in also the joke has been made that uh you know nicole kevin plays wife in big little lies but his mom in uh yeah <laughs> in, in Northman, but but uh yeah. yeah but like her she, but her 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 mom roles have been i guess i, I didn't see aquaman actually but her mom sorry, roles sorry. at least at least big little lies and, and this i i she plays this coldness that is very real and, and, and cool. And, you know, the idea of motherhood is very much um, romanticized in film and very mm-hmm. much, you know, like uh, moms against the world. And, and um, I like this different kind of side of mom that Nicole Kidman kind of plays. Not that she plays, she plays a loving mom too. She loves in this film and she's, yeah. she's not, she's not an unloving mom in Big Little Lies. It's just, yeah. You know, these are human beings too, man. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, sometimes your mom betrays you. <laughs> yeah. Some, some, you know, people are people. Sometimes they suck. It's fact of life. Well said. Well you said. Know? That's a good, that's a good, that's a good. Uh, yeah. What is it? What's the, what's the Keith Stanfield thing where he's like, they asked him like, what do you think of the Will Smith slap? 
It's like, you know, real stuff happens every day. <laughs> real stuff happens every day. Will, that was will, the greatest line. That was the best reaction. But you were like, you know, it's like such a non-answer. That's like an answer. <laughs> I did say that. It is kind of, it's an answer though. It's a fun answer. I thought, I thought about the answer a little bit. I did think about the answer after her. At first I was like, okay, I think you should try and get out of the interview as soon as possible and not give any comment. But like, real stuff happens every day. <laughs> yeah, it really does. In the North Man, it really shows that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I hope you talked enough about the movie itself. But. Yeah. Yeah, I think we did. You know, if people listen to this podcast and are listening to this one, it's just more for the course where we go off tangents. We talk about the most randomness of stuff. There's a, you know, other podcast with Diego and Matt. They're just talking about 9-11 for some reason. I don't know why. It just seems to pop up. And, uh, yeah, I hope uh, people don't make a thing of that. But anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah. So. Like, you know, nine eleven seems to pop up so much. Um, yeah, it it is a national tragedy. In the words of uh, Norm Macdonald, it was messed up a whole generation of people. Mm. We'll get therapy. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, uh, God, yeah. I, I guess yeah. The. Uh, not really too much else to say. I mean, check out more Robert Egger stuff. He seems like a genuine guy. He's just yeah. a guy. Just a guy. Just, a guy. just makes Whatever. movies. Just makes Watch movies. movies. He's not yeah. telling you how to live, how to uh yeah. by live I mean he's not putting on Twitter like if you don't if your audience doesn't laugh, it's like if you don't make your audience oh, laugh in the God. movie, oh. you're in a the audience is gonna laugh at your movie by a filmmaker that um should uh, remain <laughs> nameless who uh, made the wolf oh so hollow and uh, uh, <laughs> the, 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 the film whisperer <laughs> he's the Gary Vanderchuk of uh, film Twitter that's what he yeah, wants to make himself <laughs> y'all DM G GM about that later we'll yeah, he follows me on Twitter I, uh, I hope he doesn't oh, say no. <laughs> no he follows like uh, 2,000 people I'm doubt like I doubt he really cares <laughs> <laughs> he, he's, I know he's really into community. Wish me into making it. Wish me into making his movies a little bit more. But uh, <laughs> you didn't like the Wolf of Snow Hollow? I didn't see. I haven't seen his movies. That's why I'll try. I try okay. to, but it's just yeah. his presence. His presence in the film Twitter world is is <laughs> more people okay, need bro. to log log off. But anyway. I actually, I actually did mute him. I mute him finally the other day. I was like, "What am I doing? Why am I just letting this happen?" <laughs> yeah, JC. Yeah. Yeah, for maybe nameless, but we've dropped enough hints to make you uh, realize who we're talking about. Oh no! <laughs> Throwing yeah. some shade, but anyway, um, this was a good episode. Uh, you know, it's good to finally have you on. I think we talked about this yeah. uh, for a while. Um, I hope you enjoyed your first time podcasting. Yeah, I appreciate. Yeah, you know, um, you know, I was really nervous to pop my cherry, so mm. to speak. I think um, we all are, but. But you know, you Gene, you made you made me feel real safe, um, and it was a it was a tender experience. Um, I felt heard. Um, That's good. And I, I felt like the space, you know, like the setting. Um, so I appreciate. It. You know, I, I couldn't yeah. think of doing it any, any any with anyone else. So. Oh, thank you. Man. <laughs> I'm glad I'm your first, but <laughs> but um, you know, no, this is good, dude. Um, you know, I always appreciate your opinions and your your uh, your insight. You know, you're a good friend, and uh, yeah, it's good to just hang out. Like, we always just love hanging out, so it's cool to uh, post and record this for posterity. That is a two way street, and and well said. Thank you. 
Uh, Danny, where can uh, people find you at Twitter online? If you want to give that up. Yeah. Um, my Twitter is D R E I O D Rife. My last name is Rife R E I F C A, like as in California. So D Rife C A. I wish you get a better Twitter handle. Um, <laughs> sorry. But I I I, I love I, your I uh, bio too. Roses. Bread, bread roses, blue rays. Yeah, that, 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 that says everything. If you want to know who I am, uh, those three words basically will allude. I, I feel like they allude to everything that that I am. So, yeah. also, if you come across that bio, you come across the right person. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you can follow me. I'm not, you know, my takes are a little few and fewer and far between these days. Uh, yeah, you know, but um, yeah, man, I'd love to just follow you guys. And anyways, yeah, you can if you care, you can you can follow me there. Cool. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram, G9892. You can follow the Waffle Press at the Waffle Press on Twitter, at the Waffle Press Podcast on Instagram, or on Patreon, iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We've been professionally unprofessional.